Hello, this is your host, Dr. G. Welcome back to another episode of The Axiom Principle. This weekend, uh, we're going to discuss the one thing that's been p- tossed around quite a bit, and especially with the uh, declaration from P- President Trump about Antifa. I felt that this particular topic was just perfect. I had planned on doing it already anyways, but uh, I shuffled up my uh, playlist schedule just a little bit because of the the news from him. So I wanted to focus on something in particular that came out of the claims from the social justice arena and Antifa, who claims to be for social justice, ironically. And before we begin, uh, I wanted to declare my terms, because just like in everything else that I do, I want to make sure that we're all talking about the exact same thing. And so... As I start here, I wanted to define what social justice is. So if we go with Wikipedia, not exactly the most um, the most a uh, well they're not they're not exactly the most reliable source, but at least it's something that we can start with. Social justice is the concept of fair and just relations between individual and society. This is measured by the explicit and tacit terms for the distribution of wealth, opportunities for personal activity, and social privileges. In Western as well as older Asian cultures, the concept of social justice has often been referred to as the process of ensuring that individuals fulfill their societal roles and receiving what what was due from society. In the current form, it's the grassroots movement for social justice, emphasizing the uh, breaking the barriers and social mobility as a creation of safety nets and economic justice. And Oxford defines this social justice as the distribution advantages and disadvantages within society. So I wanted to play this out for you because... There's a very interesting parallel that can be drawn here between social justice and socialism. But before we do there, I, I, I want to go over and define the term of justice in particular. Just taking that one term apart and going over it rather than going over um, the thoughts behind social justice. So justice itself is a concern for the peace or genuine respect for people. It's a very individual process where it looks at the uh, individual acts of a a person rather than declaring social uh, inequality or anything like that. It's a very different term. So when you're talking about justice, you're talking about the concern for peace and genuine respect between people not necessarily are you talking about the wealth distribution or inequality between people oxford defines social justice as the terms of distribution of wealth of opportunities and privileges within a society and i wanted to make an interesting parallel before we move forward because there's been a big push lately towards social justice and I believe it aligns with something else that uh, has been pushed quite heavily especially within the last uh, election cycle within the United States and that is socialism 
For example, Bernie Sanders is a socialist Democrat. But socialism would be at the core regardless. So socialism is the economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership of administration and administration, excuse me, of the means of production and the distribution of goods, a system of society or group living in which there is no private property. So what you have here in the terms of social justice is not justice for the individual. One person can make his own means on his own merits or hers. Instead, what you have is a declaration that everyone must be made equal, and the distribution, therefore, must be uh, passed around. So overachievers will undoubtedly give out more to the people that underachieve, because that is what socialism demands. Distribution of goods, and with social justice, distribution of privileges. And opportunities. So, why is it something everybody cares about in the Western society? Well, let's ask that from an interesting perspective. Western society values individualism and individual privileges, individual opportunity, and the open expression of freedom between individuals. So, pretty much, it demands that individualism in the Western society be key to the foundations of that society. Social justice is counter to this claim. It demands that the opportunities and privileges that are given to one class or even one set of people be redistributed to another class or group of people regardless of their capabilities. They should just get it because... The uh, the interesting part about this in the in the uh, question of social justice is is really comes back down to the Frankfurt School and of Marxism. When you start discussing about Marxism in general, you'll see that socialism is not far behind that complete concept. In fact, socialism is what you would see in Venezuela, where everybody was free to get the distribution of wealth, and the government would be the owners, or the people would be the owners in that case, which is actually more communism than socialism. And what ends up happening is the government takes over everything, literally. So you can see what happens to a group of people where you have overachievers running their own businesses, being quite successful in life, have everything taken away from them to be given to everybody else. But the redistribution doesn't work that way very well when you have people that earn what they want and spend what they want, and you allow capitalism to dictate and determine who stays afloat and who does not. And in return, you have a self-destructive system that usually ends up eating itself. But let's focus on self or the socialist aspect of social justice in particular because it has an interesting component which I find to be very problematic when it comes to their ideology. The term social justice in itself is socialism combined with a justice aspect demanding peace and demanding 
uh, genuine respect for people. So it's no surprise that social justice and the advocates for social justice would demand genuine respect for everybody, regardless of whether or not they deserve it. Take the movement Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, for example. They have demanded self-respect, and they have demanded justice. Not social justice, but justice for those that have been killed uh, in the recent years. On inspection of many of those people that they demand uh, justice for, not social justice, but justice. These people are criminals. They, they wish to maintain their societal structure, their cultural structure of putting criminals on a pedestal, yet scream inequality because they are a minority amongst the people. So the distribution of wealth and the distribution of opportunity needs to be passed on to them. But what they demand is not just a passing on, but a integration too. Another example of this in the social justice arena is happened recently with the Emmys. You had an actress go up, and she was interviewed by one of the media outlets there, and the media outlets asked her, who are you rooting for? She quickly responded, all the black people. This answer is a racist answer. But because of the progressive views that you find within social justice, the, it was an acceptable answer. Because A, that she was a minority. B, she was also female, so that's an additional minority, apparently, even though f half of all of our species is female. And See, it was a, an elitist group that advocates for social justice, so they had no problem with this advocation. So let's, now that we kind of know what social justice is and how it works and functions within our society thus far, let's discuss what goes against social justice. So we think of equality and therefore inequalities. What would go against social justice? Well, social justice wants to um, progress and basically redistribute wealth, opportunities, and privileges. So, well, it's a just justice in terms of distribution, I guess you could say. So what would make a system be anti-social justice in the cases that you would see? I'd like to point out the easiest one that I can think of, and that is education. Enrollment, in particular. So when we take up enrollment into um, our viewpoint, and we discuss in terms of social justice, what you'd want to do is redistribute, redistribute the opportunity of attending college with uh, people that have previously not been able to attend. So who would those people be? Well, it's usually those that can't afford it, and usually those that are un unable to attend because of academic inability. So to redistribute the opportunity for some people to attend and others to not would be to change or move the goalpost, as it were, for attendance or the ability to attend. So in other words, you would have two people with SATs. One scored extremely high on their SAT. The other, 
Not so much. Who would you let attend university? Obviously, the university would want the most, the highest talent to further shape that talent and and give them further opportunities. So the highest uh, SAT score would be the one that goes in. However, the highest SAT score is an Asian. The lower SAT score is a black person, for example. The black person, because they, because of social justice and attempting to overcompensate for the reality therein, would lower the bar to allow the further minority, because Asians are actually, there's more Asians than there are black people in the United States, but it would lower the bar so to allow the black person to enter college and the Asian would have to wait or go to a different college. This redistribution of opportunity does achieve exactly what it says, but it disenfranchises another group simultaneously. So that in itself is not justice, just socialism or Marxism, however you want to look at it. So another thing that can go, go against justice, or social justice in particular, is equal opportunity. So equal opportunity employment requires... Uh, employers to not discriminate against race, gender, sexuality, and otherwise. No, uh, basically no demographical information can be used to discriminate against an individual. However, some countries have adopted what's known as a gender quota. Just to give an example, there was a study that was done uh, last year regarding gender quotas and the effectiveness they've had on achieving um, financial gains. So they were testing uh, banking firms or accounting firms' uh, performance based on the numbers. So they were looking at the numerical, the accounting's uh, net profit, if you will, um, and comparing it between two country or three different countries, two of which had gender quotas, one did not. Um, but they had a strong social framework that demanded um, more women in the workforce. They found that all the firms that they tested, and there was about 35 firms from what I read, all these firms uh, had a dip in their financials, meaning that they were not performing as well as other firms were. The ones that had gender... uh, gender quotas, they needed to hire a certain amount of women in order, in order to allow that business to continue without being fined, did worse than the countries without gender quotas. There was an exception, and that was Italy, I believe, where they had no gender quotas, but they had a higher pool of female talent. And so that area, they had one place that where the financials performed as well as other firms that did not have to deal with gender quotas. The other ones completely failed. They were, they were underperforming and actually losing money. What this demonstrates is a counterintuitive to jo- social justice. What we're seeing instead is the culmination of talent is more important than culmination of gender. Gender does not necessarily dictate your performance, in other words. 
So to redistribute opportunities to females just because they're female ne uh, necessarily um, disenfranchises males and potentially could harm the business at the same time. The, the same thing goes for privileges. So if you wanted to talk about privileges, a, a lot of rich people have the privilege and the honor to um, have lawyers represent them when uh, they get in trouble, so they can get out of trouble, basically. Um, you saw this a lot during the latest scandals, um, but they also had to take the stand and whatnot, but lawyers were involved to prevent... Um, basically any any uh, jail time for certain individuals. But if you look at the lower end of the scale, anybody that doesn't make over a six-figure income, they have to rely on either whole family pools to pull money together to get a lawyer, or they have to rely on the public, atten uh, public defendant. Unfortunately, the public, public defendants don't get paid all that much, and their performance is equally as horrendous. But... <laughs> In the framework of social justice, accord, uh, according to at least some of the social programs that the United States has in particular, you can get port, uh, appointed a court-ordered attorney. Um, just don't expect the same quality as if you were to hire a six-figure attorney and give him a $10,000 retainer. This privilege of having more money than everyone else is probably more significant than the claims of privileges based on race. But let's take a sidebar real quick and talk about justice instead. So when I mentioned earlier that justice is the concern for peace and genuine respect of people, or as just behavior or treatment, a quality of being fair and reasonable, justice is to the individual whereas social justice is to social groups. So it can be applied group, gr at group levels and not individual levels. There is a long-saying term in the United States that justice is blind. This term was meant to say that justice should never care about what you look like or who you are, how you, uh, how you appear. Justice only cares about your actions and what you have done and what you have not done. And you should receive justice based on those actions. And you should be also claimed innocent until proven guilty. So even though you may look guilty, doesn't necessarily mean that you are if the evidence says otherwise. It was all evidence-driven and fact-based. Social justice does not operate in the same mo uh, motive. What you see instead is group think and group objectives. No individual person can be made to represent the whole, but the whole can represent individual people. So you see terms been thrown around in, in those cases, and titles and uh, classifications that don't necessarily mean what they claim. They may be a claim of indiv individual people, um, like the uh, black experience, for example, comes instantly to mind. But then you could easily counter that with, well, you have one person that makes, makes $2 million a year, and he's black, and you have another person that makes $4,000 a month, or maybe $30,000 a year, both have kids, and uh, two kids, 
neither one is married. So in that case, the claim that the black experience is the same is negated by reality. That you can definitely tell the person with two million a year has a very much different lifestyle than the person that's barely scraping by and feeding their family. Last, I wanted to discuss a little bit about is social justice compatible with the Western society and the use of justice? And in the previous example I just gave, you saw that social justice, which would try to make um, an uneven system based on group equal, where justice is making the individual responsible for their own actions. You, you must wonder then, is it, is it possible that the claims to social justice and the progressive claims, or regressive, however you want to put it, uh, work within the framework that they claim, then certainly it should be compatible with Western society. Is this correct? Well, Western society um, will start with the United States because everywhere else seems to be second to what we have in the Constitution. It's been praised on numerous occasions by multiple Western societies as the pinnacle of democrat, democratic uh, rule of law. And we can start with any number of the amendments, but let's start with the First Amendment since that seems to be the most controversial. The freedom of speech and the freedom of expression. That Congress shall make no law establishing uh, a religion and prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It also has it also has uh, no laws for freedom of speech or the press or the right to peace, peacefully assemble. And you have the right to petition the government to redress grievances. Of those things, an individual in nature necessarily states that anyone is free to practice what they believe. And the government cannot tell you what you can and cannot do. Nor can the government tell you what you can or cannot say. Granted, there are limits within reason, such as you can't run into a burning building and yell fire, because that's technically criminal mischief. And they've also made laws that's, that are stating that you can't use speech to directly create conflict. So fighting words are also typically seen as a violation of freedom of speech. It's meant to be uh, that you can express your opinion, and while people disagree with it, that's pretty much the end of it. So which society, which uh, section of justice would be best suited to handle the Western claim of freedom of speech, social justice or just justice? Well, in the social justice motif, the, um, the claim would be that groups have the opportunity to speak while others um, should not have the opportunity because they have already had the opportunity and thus should 
move aside to allow others to speak while um, you just listen. One of the worst things I've ever seen is the Democratic Party where uh, one of the Congress ladies stood up and said it was her job as a white person to shut up, step aside, and allow black people to listen, or allow black people to speak, rather, while she stood in front of black people speaking over them. The, the irony of racism is abundant in that, of course. But if we look from the perspective of just freedom of speech... We have a conflict between social justice and actual justice. Within justice, freedom of speech can be revoked if a person uses speech to entice violence, to cause political upheaval, uh, to lie, basically. Um, perjure yourself. You can perjure yourself on, on the stand, yet the punishment for perjury is, is varies, but you basically get in trouble for lying. You have the uh, allow. You have the allowance to say exactly what you want and how you want to say it. However, um, not anybody really has to listen to you, nor do they have to agree with you. You can have you can preach to an empty hall. But with social justice, you need to redistribute the exercise of free speech, and you need to. You need to distribute the opportunities to speak within society. This means giving a mouthpiece to those that feel like they are um, disenfranchised to speak. In the Women's March, for example, Madonna, who is a very privileged person, spoke up and said she'd like to blow up the White House, something that is exactly the opposite of what justice and speech would allow. She is... She was enticing violence. Additionally, you had speakers that were convicted of murder and torture. Speaking, because they were of a minority. They were black. You had Linda Sassur declaring jihad against the sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, whatevers of President Trump. This giant escapade of social justice was brought together because they felt that it was necessary to redistribute the opportunities and privileges within a society because the epitome of their devil, the cis white male, took the stage. So I would say that social justice is not compatible within a Western society because it directly violates the concept of individual. The individual no longer has access to speak because the groups must speak for them. If an individual disagrees, they are now outed from the group because they're no longer needed to be uh, distributed opportunity. And then, the interesting and fun part is, you come down to the advocates for social justice. They're also known as social justice warriors. They still believe and promote social justice and socialism. So a social justice warrior, as defined in the Oxford Dictionary, is a person who expresses or promotes socially progressive views. 
this is political correctness. This is the um, standards and rules to other people speaking. And it's also actually considered a derogatory term. Social justice warrior is meant to be an insult, not a um, not a title you should be proud of. But who are they, and why, and what do they believe? Well, we've noticed from many of the people that we've come across. Uh, there's many YouTubers we could name. There's many people that are in the media that are also social justice warriors, and we've seen many of the stagehands. Uh, at Berkeley, for example, try to shut down other people's speech, claiming that it's hurtful and it's evil and it's intolerant. These social justice warriors um, promote and advocate for the minority, claiming that disenfranchised groups don't have the opportunities that other people do. Therefore, you need to step away and allow these other groups to have this opportunity to do with it as they please. So they essentially believe in social justice as a claims and a means to a better, better world by grouping individuals based on demographical information and redistributing the opportunities and the wealth and the privileges that are claimed, you will have a more just society. Unfortunately... The tools by which they claim that these inequalities exist are inaccurate, to say the least. So I wondered as well, what similarities do social justice warriors and social justice have with actual justice? Well, just like justice, it seeks facts and evidence. But when the facts don't align with, uh, align with their claims, they will alter the facts. One of the more interesting things that I saw recently, to give you an example, is Laura Southern was looking into the claim of a study that says the optimum body shape was an overweight model, claiming that this was the most attractive thing, not these skinny little toothpick models. That seems all well and good because most people would end up dating somebody like that thinking that was in their range of uh, of uh, capabilities, if you will. Um, but was that true? Upon further scrutiny, she couldn't find the study that claims that slightly overweight models um, and plus-size figured women were the more attractive. But what she did find was a study that was linked to one of the articles that claimed this. And it said that it wasn't anything about body mass or fat or skinniness. It was the curvature of the spine, which showed at the, uh, near the pelvis gave a 45.5 degree angle. And that particular curvature was more attractive than somebody with a straighter spine or a more curvy spine had nothing to do with plus-size models. So they, what they did was they took some of the facts and misconstrued them to fit their narrative. In the case of... Uh, well, really, what does that have to do with social justice or advocating for social justice? Well, they, they're claiming that the plus-size models are disenfranchised and that all the 
body positivity stuff, for example, um, is um, marginalizing overweight people. And they should have equal opportunity, just like skinny people, to present fashion and modeling. While I find the whole thing kind of silly because what you're dealing with is subjective reasoning. What's attractive to one person is not attractive to another. The concept that these people need a platform, and it must be in the same platform that the other models have currently, is absurd. This is nothing more than bullying your way into a platform, claiming uh, socialism is the true way to go, and removing reality that it wasn't really the plus size that was attractive. It was the spine curvature. So, I really kind of struggled with this next segment because I was digging into uh, anything that I could possibly find to see what similarities between justice and social justice exist. And sad to say, I cannot find anything that's similar. I can't find anything that connects the two. Social justice is a socialist Marxist movement. It's a claim that the inequalities of our species must be rectified by forcing equality upon all, regardless of their capabilities. Justice in itself cares not for what you look for, or what you look like, rather, but more of what your actions are. It does not look to equalize opportunity. It does not look to provide additional privileges, but actually looks to revoke privileges. And I think this is only the only place that things marry between the two terms. Social justice will remove privileges from those that have them and replace it with uh, marginalization and then give those privileges, at least attempt to give those privileges, to those that they claim do not. Yet in justice, the things such as equal opportunity and um, uh, diversity inclusion advocate for and promote that very thing that social justice is after. But they do so at the expense of somebody else. So it's not dis redistribution. It's not even equaling the playing field. It's bringing it down to the lowest common denominator. You're not pulling for talent. You're pulling for uh, an equilibrium. Inaction. Is social justice actually justice, or does it just promote inequality through the persistence of equality? This is a question that I've been asking myself while I was preparing for this particular episode. And the conclusion I have come to is that it is not actually justice. In claiming that social justice is justice is an oxymoron to say the least. I cannot find anything that connects the two. It's not equality, it's inequality, enforced inequality. If you are set up in, in higher status with a bunch of privileges, then those privileges carry forward to your children and your children's children and so on. If you're set up with a hard road up, there is possibility for your individual person in the Western society to achieve a higher status. 
I know this because I'm somebody that did that. But people ignore my accomplishments because of my skin tone. I am the cis white male. I am the devil, according to this belief. Yet, I started out with nothing and achieved greatness. Which is direct opposition to social justice. So I don't believe that social justice actually promotes equality, but actually promotes inequality. Because what it does is try to bring us down to the lowest common denominator, remove the capabilities of high talent and high focused people, and bring us to a state of equilibrium that empowers those that are on the lowest end of the totem pole, the ones that are not achievers, maybe even criminal, and takes away from the highest talent people, the ones that have achieved greatness, the ones that have achieved a lot, and just puts them equal to that of a criminal. Because you won't be able to bring people up as easily as you can bring them down. So the equilibrium really is not going to be a happy medium between all people. It could never achieve such. Because there are more, far more people on the bottom end than there are on the top. As we all know, and we've seen, and actually social justice likes to let us know, the top 50 people of the world own more, the, as much money as the rest of the world. So there's 50 people that have as much wealth as the rest of the entire human population. So, if we were to apply social justice to these people, the top 50 people would be brought down to the lowest common denominator. There is a lot more poor than there are rich, and a factor of probably 100,000 to 1, or more. So if we were to bring them all to the equal playing field, we would all be in poverty. Because we'd all have to meet to the lowest possible standard that the lowest possible person could do. They would not be able to bring, uh, you would not be able to bring the lowest possible denominator, the lowest possible person, up to the higher standards of the top people. Mainly because their um, situation, their upbringing, their capabilities, their actual physical or mental capabilities would not be able to handle a situation where they would be, say, the richest person in the world. If you took a dirt poor person, somebody that's living on the street, and say he has schizophrenia, and you give him a board seat at a Fortune 50 company, do you think that Fortune 50 company would function for very long? According to social justice, this would be an opportunity for the disenfranchised. And there goes my cat. Right on. Unfortunately, what happens in that case, if we were to take this hypothetical, the company would then fail. The person would not know what he was doing. The person would not be able to c compete or would have the capability to handle a Fortune 50 company. There is a lot that goes into the leadership aspects and, and responsibilities of somebody that sits at a high enough seat. So to claim that the, in social justice you could take the lowest person and put them into the highest seat is irresponsible. Say that company was responsible for redistribution of food across the world. You just put somebody that knows nothing of what they were doing in charge of feeding the millions.
Now, the other question of that was, is it actually justice or does it promote inequality? I believe that it promotes inequality. Because in order to achieve this justice, this social level of justice, the redistribution of opportunities and privileges, you must first take away privileges and opportunities from somebody else. To redistribute it, would be to claim that you're going to give it to everybody, which would be an egalitarian move. Open the doors to all opportunities. But unfortunately, social justice looks for op the opportunity or the equality of outcome and not the equality of opportunity. What they would seek instead is to make sure that everybody ended out the same, that everybody was able to achieve the same level of thing. Say it's education, for example. High school would be the equilibrium. Everybody must graduate high school. But even then, we fail. Not everybody graduates high school. I didn't graduate high school, and I still got my doctorates. So to claim that uh, social justice has the capability of distributing and, and making things equal for all, it necessarily must make it unequal for those that have achieved greatness, those that have achieved the top tier, those that have achieved financial insanity. Joel Osteen, for example, the great swindler of the Christian televangelist circles, owning somewhere around $38 billion or some crap and owning two private jets and two massive 36-room houses on three-acre lots or some insanity. He would have to give all that up. And mind you, I wouldn't mind if he gave it all up. But he would have to give that all up in order to live on the street. Because the person that's the low end of the totem pole would have to have a square of that house. Maybe one room. It wouldn't work out very well because the person at the low end of the totem pole would not know how to achieve the same level of greatness, if you will. The same level of financial greatness as Joel Osteen. Granted, I think he's a human piece of crap. But he's effective. He's a smart piece of crap. The self-righteousness is the other thing that I want to go into. And I'm going to go straight into the social justice warrior aspect of it for a moment. Social justice warriors tend to be very, very self-righteous. They put the needs of the group before the needs of the one. They advocate for people that, not are, that are not of themselves. For example, what you'll see in many circles is in, oh, let's take Black Lives Matter, for example. You see a lot of uh, white people speaking out saying that these people are disenfranchised and saying that they're not allowed the opportunities. All of these statements are f completely racist because basically they're de uh, denigrating an entire race of people. They're denigrating black people, saying that they're disenfranchised, that they're not allowed to do this, they're not allowed to do that. When it's absolutely not true, because we know many of people that have achieved greatness, we wouldn't have had a black president had black people be oppressed. It just would not happen. And it's an oxymoron to say otherwise. That's why social justice is an oxymoron. But the self-righteousness claims that because of the crap that happened in the past, they must be allowed opportunities and given these privileges over other people, which is not equality. It's inequality. 
at that point. These privileges should not be given over others. They should be given as equal to others. So when you give equal opportunity, you should expect not equal outcome. You should expect different outcome because people are different. The self-righteousness continues when you have advocates for social justice. Find people that disagree with them, such as myself. And those people will seek out their employers and try to get them fired. Or if they are invited to speak in a location, they'll try to get them shut down. For example, um, Carl Benjamin, Sargon of God, who's going to go speak at MythCon, I believe, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it was next weekend. Social justice warriors tried to shut down the venue, shut down the speech, shut down his ability to speak by writing the people that were hosting the event, writing the venue, and trying to tell them how horrible these people are, and have, in the past, written to other people's employers to try and get them fired. If that's social justice, it is a mockery of justice. If their ideas and their opinions are out there in the free market of ideas, we're allowed to laugh at them. We're allowed to shun them. We're allowed to make fun of them. Richard Spencer got his power from the social justice advocates. They declared uh, virtues. The social justice warriors declared virtues out of racist claims. Everybody's racist, everybody's sexist, you need to call it out. They claimed marginalized groups are oppressed by nature, and we need to bring that out, have discussions. Their discussions involve, you shut up and let them speak, or let me speak for them, rather. The irony of it is, you cannot achieve this equality without being unequal to others. Hence, Social justice being an oxymoron term. They declare the virtue out of racist claims, saying that uh, black people are marginalized and oppressed. Again, I repeat, we wouldn't have a black president if they were marginalized and oppressed. We wouldn't have black senators and congressmen if they were marginalized and oppressed. What you do see in its stead is 13% of the United States population being black, so you would see 13% representation if you went by skin demographics. But they want more than that. Now, I would have to say that this doesn't apply across the um, sexual lines, gender lines. Most, if I remember and recall, I could look it up right now, I guess, the uh, demographics of Congress... Let's look at uh, the 115th Congress by race, gender, and religion. Uh, Come on. That's a slideshow. Great. Okay. So if we look at um, 
All of the freshman Republicans are white, with just 14 of the 293 GOP seats of both, jo- uh, of both chambers held by people of color. Three of the 49 black lawmakers are, or three of the Congress 49 black lawmakers are Republicans. Meanwhile, Democrats boast a caucus that is 37% people of color, with 89% non-white members in the House and Senate. Disproportionately representing the American people, if you look at the demographics. It's it's great to be promoting this, but when you look at social justice, you're de- you're demonstrating that you've now oppressed the white people when you say non-white members hold these seats. And they boast this because people of color hold these seats. Adversely oppressing white people in the same regard. That is to say, these people are elected, so the people that are in the areas have elected these people. And they've ran for them. And had money behind them. But I was more curious that... uh, what, what it said about gender, because that was kind of the point I was talking about. There are 104 women that are part of the 115th Congress, counting for 19% of U.S. lawmakers, same tally of the 114th. Ten of the 55 new House members are women, as are four of the new senators. So it's, let's see, there's 293, divide that, 180 so they're a little bit less than half but it's a little bit more than half and they would also scream in the social justice realm that this is inequality unfortunately science would say otherwise but that's a topic for another discussion in the end what we have here with social justice is a claim that Minorities, females, um, and sexual minorities, 10% of the population is gay or transgender, for example, um, and they're oppressed in some way. In fact, they were up until a few years ago. Kind of. They just weren't given equal treatment under the law. It wasn't necessarily oppression, but it's not exactly right either. Anyways, um, what you're declaring out of these trying to claim their virtues and taking the minority stance that these need to be the majority and need to be the normal, you are directly defying what is to be and what is necessarily classified as normal. When you try to disproportionate populations, just for an example, you're not truly representing what the population is. You're trying to exclaim that this minority status, this minority claim, must have opportunities and privileges over the majority. When you do it by race, social justice is racist because you're claiming marginalized groups, therefore they are inferior to the white person, but you're also claiming that they shouldn't be held to be inferior to the white person Thus, they should give privilege and opportunity over the white person, making them superior to the white person, also racist. Same goes for females. 
the claim that females need greater opportunity and privileges and they must necessarily hold positions over men is sexist. And also claiming that women are disenfranchised and marginalized uh, necessarily is also sexist. Interestingly enough, this entire religion, as I call social justice, a religion and not anything that's grounded in actual reality, just because they don't have a god doesn't mean necessarily they don't mean doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have beliefs that are just retarded. Essentially, what you have here is when you hear a social justice person go sexist, racist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, and so on. What they are declaring is two things. These people are disenfranchised, thus weaker or inferior to the majority. We must give them opportunity and privileges through socialism, making them not equal to, but superior to, the majority. You would give them power where they did not earn it. You would give them opportunity of outcome when they already have the opportunity of, or the uh, equality of opportunity versus the equality of outcome. I got those mixed up. So you'd essentially give them the opportunity of, or the um, equality of outcome, so that you can claim that socialism works and everybody's equal, versus the equality of opportunity where everybody has the opportunity to do greatness, but it's up to their own faculty and individuality that allows them to become great. I'm going to leave you with a quote that I thought would be most appropriate. No, it's not Martin Luther King claiming that I had a dream that one day my children would be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin, something that social justice should have learned but never did. No, this quote comes from actually Bruce Lee, one of my heroes. His quote was, The key to immortality is to first do something worth remembering. Or something along those lines. Social justice would not give you the opportunity to be immortal. You would be nothing. You would be another peg in in the pego game. You'd be another cog in the machine. You'd be another rock on the beach. Sand on the beach. A grain of sand. You'd be another drop in a snowstorm. All of these analogies absolutely made no sense, and I hope I made no sense on purpose. Because you would be a drop in a rainstorm, not a snowstorm. You'd be a special snowflake admit a flurry or a blizzard. Individuality is really where we must go if we're to maintain our Western beliefs and our Western philosophies. Justice is not compatible with social justice. There is no equality there. In fact, they are the opposite. One seeks to redistribute the opportunities and privileges of the majority, claiming that there is a misdistribution, and those that achieve greatness must necessarily give up their greatness for those that never do. 
While I do agree that some things in some places do need a social safety net in order to help those that aren't able to achieve, there are some that actually abuse the system, quite cleverly in fact, to get their way and get basically get by for free on the backs of those that actually work. This creates social loafing, as it's called, and this you see in small groups and large ones. It's no different, and it's not surprising at all. But I'm going to leave you with this. The, the social justice claims and the focus thereof is a very backwards thing. We know now that social justice is a claim to redistribute opportunity and privileges. And today's standards is those based on race, based on sex, based on sexual preference. And give it to those who are the minority, just by default. Their claims are backwards. They're racist in either respect. You would have a racist claim that they were marginalized groups. That is a statement of racism. That you must give them the opportunity to speak and you must listen to them and shut yourself up because it's your job to tell the white person to shut up and listen thus claiming that their experience and their story is superior to somebody else's. One of these days, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to share my story of the shit that I've been through. I actually kind of wrote a rap on it because I was trying something different. And uh, my wife said it's okay, but I'm still tricking shit to actually put it down, and I don't know how to... Well, I do, but I haven't sat down and actually put music to it. Um probably won't do it. I might actually just read it as slam poetry instead to make fun of some people. But um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, you can reach me on my social portals on uh, the Dr. V on Twitter. I'm reachable on minds.com, Dr. Underscore G. You can also find me on YouTube until they decide to remove me because that is now a socialist platform. And I'm also on VidMe. Look up uh, the Axiom Principle on any of those fields, or just TAP for short. Thank you for joining me tonight, and I hope you have a great weekend.